Good morning. Everybody awake? Are you laughing at me, Jeff? And, and you're the ones that had cataracts removed. Man, you need to get your money back. I, I thought you were laughing because you see I have a glass and I have water and you're saying, why don't you put the water in the glass? You can get rid of this thing. Well, I'm not using it to drink out of. So there, leave me alone. I'm excited about what we're going to learn together today, because it's something that I believe every one of us needs to hear. And there's some in this room this morning that desperately, desperately, desperately need to hear this message. But I want to set you up with an image that, that you will carry with you through the message. This is a sieve, in case you don't know, or if you've never been in a kitchen or you've never cooked, this is a sieve. And for those of you that do know what this is, what is this used for? Sifting, sifting. You see, here's where we are today, friends. When Jesus said to Peter that Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I pray that your faith, your faith, your faith will not fail. And that word you is a plural word, and it means not just you, Peter, but he's saying Satan desires to sift you and the disciples and everyone that is a follower of Jesus Christ from now unto eternity. So you and I, whether we have or we are or we're going to be, we're going to find ourselves being sifted. And the only thing that's going to keep us from falling through the cracks is our faith. It's our faith. So this message this morning is for everybody here. And when we think about what God is wanting to do, and we think about this, I don't need this anymore. See, this message this morning is for the young. Is that okay? For the young. And it's for the older. And it's for the, well, never mind. <laughs> this message that I have for you this morning is for white people. It's for black people. It's for brown people. This message that I have for you today is for short people. It's for tall people. It's for skinny people. It's for fat people. <laughs> it's for sick people. It's for healthy people. Did I leave anybody out? This message that I have this morning is for CEOs and janitors and doctors and nurses and lawyers and construction workers and daycare people. It's something that applies to every one of us in here, so it behooves you this morning, listen closely, 
And I'm not saying that it's anything of my ability or my talent, but I believe that God has given to us a message on blind faith because we understand, basically, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we also understand that we walk by faith. We understand that we are healed by faith, our financial concerns by faith, our marriages by faith, our relationships by faith. And, and, and I see even in that millennial generation when we've got these guys coming out of college and they're going, I don't know how I'm going to pay my school bill. By faith. Faith. Now, going to Scripture this morning, I want them to put on the screen Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and I want them just to leave it there, but we have to, we have to set this up because Romans 12, 3 really doesn't get our attention unless we understand the two verses that precede it. In Romans 12, 1, Paul is saying that I'm urging you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and then you will be able to test. You will be able to know what the good and perfect will of God is. Then he goes on and says that, Therefore, be not conformed to this world, be not shaped by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, that's key here. If we're talking about a faith, and, and, and by the way, in just a moment, we're going to read a verse that's probably going to surprise you because everyone in this room has faith. God gave it to you. But he's, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not an auto mechanic, but I think I understand a little bit of what happens, that you have a battery. The battery supplies power to the starter through the cables. If the cables are corroded, the power is there, but there's no flow. God gives us a mind. He puts within us that capacity to understand and obey and to make decisions. But if our mind, which we have our faith, if our mind is corroded, are you with me? If our mind is corroded, the power is there. But that faith is not going to flow into our bodies with a corroded mind. So now let's look at this for a moment. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone, says to who? Said to who? Everyone. everyone among you, not to think of your, himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, we've read that verse over and over and over again, but we miss the little word, the. It doesn't say according to a measure of faith. It says according to the measure of faith. So this false premise that we have built on is that what God has given faith to pastors. And God has given faith to elders. 
And God has given faith to parents. And God has given faith to evangelists and missionaries. And, but when it comes to me, he left me out. Do you realize that when you were born, God gave you faith? He put it in there. It's a gift. It's been there all along. And I don't know what your home style was, but that's why when your mama said, honey, come on, you, you couldn't even walk. And you say, come on, baby, come on. And you're standing there teeter-tottering back and forth, and you take that step because what? You know if you start to fall, mom's going to catch you. And some of you guys and some of you gals, when your dad taught you how to ride a bike, did your dad ever teach you how to ride a bike, Luke? All right, he gets you on the bike, and you, maybe you've got your training wheels. You take the training wheels off. And he said, okay, now I'm going, to, I'm going to run along beside you. And we're going to see if you can get this. And then in a few moments, I'm going to take my hands off of the bike. And you're going, okay, because I know if I start to fall, my dad's going to catch me. That's faith. And as we grow older, we put our faith, and we think nothing about it. We put our faith in, in, in airline pilots, airplane pilots. We put our faith in the cooks in the restaurant. How do you know what they were scratching before they put your food on a plate? How do you know when you got on that airplane, did that pilot have a good night? Did he have a fight with his wife? Did he get something happen in his, that he is on that? He has just wired tremendously tight, and yet we just walk on, on the plane. We crawl up the steps, and we sit down and fasten our belt, and we just are so relaxed because we put our faith in the pilot. You see... The Bible tells us throughout Scripture, it talks about Abel. Abel worshiped by faith. Enoch walked by faith. It says, and Enoch was faithful to God, and he was not because God took him. Enoch walked by faith. Noah worked by faith. He didn't know what an ark was. He didn't know what a flood was. But God gave him instructions and said, this is what I want you to do. So he began working by faith, by faith, by faith. Abraham went by faith. Didn't know where he was going. Didn't know how long it was going to take him to get there. Didn't know what he was going to do when he got there. All he knew, God said, leave your place of comfort and just start following me. By faith. By faith. You say, but, but Don, what? It, 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 here's where you get confused. God has given everyone the measure of faith. But faith is like a muscle. And some of these guys in here, maybe most of these guys in here, have more muscle than I do. But we all got muscle. The only difference it makes is how you use it. And that's the way it is with faith. There are people of great faith, and, and yet there are those who really fall into the category of faithless. They have it. They've never used it. Until that crisis comes, 
Until that, that, that dilemma comes that says, I, I don't have an answer. I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then we just start, you know, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have faith in God. But faith has to build. And I could take the whole next hour or so by telling you how I've, Barbara and I have had to trust God in faith time after time after time after time. So where I am in my faith today, I didn't get there overnight. And here's the thing. There may be some people that their faith muscle is bigger than yours because they've had a heavier burden to carry. And they've had to develop that. So see this whole blind faith thing. Helen Keller said this. She said, I would rather be blind and see with my heart than to have two eyes and see nothing. So we come to this faith and we come to this understanding and we come to this thing of, of, of being faith in God. So let me ask you this. Why did you come to church today? Did you come to church because you wanted to hear the worship band play? Did you come to church because your friends were here? Did you come to church just out of curiosity? Now, I know this is going to be real carnal, but don't tell me it doesn't happen. Did you get word that there was this young lady attending Erie First Assembly? And, and she looks fine. <laughs> you, does he know something I don't? <laughs> this young lady looks fine, so I think Sunday morning I'm going to get up and go to Erie First Assembly just to check out. Now, ladies, you're not off the hook either because there's some guys here that are looking pretty sharp too. So, so, why, so why did we come to church today? It wasn't for the worship and it wasn't for the friends and it wasn't for checking out the the, the other people, and it wasn't for the curiosity. We came to church today because the Word says that faith comes by... Say it again. Faith comes by... And hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You say, but, but, but Don, I, I, can, I can listen to podcasts. And still hear the word of God, but there's something different about the synergy of being together. There's something neat about just coming together because I could reverse that and say, well, pick your favorite band. And I have two tickets that you can go and be in live concert, front row, center. But here's the deal. I'll give you a DVD and just take it home. You watch it. And you're going, no way. No way. I want to be there. I want to be there. And a, and a sporting event. You want to be there. Adam, you're going to go see the Broncos this year, aren't you? Huh? Now, if you give me your tickets, 
you can come over and we're going to have some guys together, have a big screen TV, popcorn, pop, we're just going to cook out, we'll have a good time if I can have your tickets. No. Why? There's nothing like being there. There's nothing like being there. And, and when we see what's happening today and we understand the alternatives from streaming to online church to da-da-da-da-da, but, but there's something about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And when we come together, it's the presence, not only the presence of God, but it's the relationships that we have one with another. And so that's why we come to church on Sunday morning. You see, all of your talents and your abilities and your giftings will not always see you through your difficult times. Some of us can slide a little longer because some of us are quite talented and we're quite gifted and we have a lot of ability and we can slide along. But my friends, let me tell you, there will come a place in your life when your talents and your giftings and your abilities will not be enough. And what do we do? We call on God. Now you may be sitting there, and I'm, I'm not a mind reader, but I'm going to take a real good educated guess on this. You're sitting there saying, Pastor Don, but you don't know what I'm going through. You're talking about faith, but you don't know what I'm going through. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 10.13, I believe it is. Do we have that up on the screen, guys? 1 Corinthians 10.13. Listen to this closely. The temptations in your life are no different. Say with me, they're no different. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. For when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now go back and look at that with me, the temptations, and let me just paraphrase that where we are today. The thing that you are going through right now, somebody else has went through. The very thing that you are experiencing, whether you have lost your job, whether you have an incurable disease, whether your wife ran away with a spoon, and it, it doesn't matter what you're going through, somebody else in this world has went through it. And the trick of Satan is he will try to make you think that you're the only one that's ever been through it. If you want a reality check, just the other day we were watching a documentary of the 300,000 refugees that have left Syria and the, the sickness and the death, the devastation and the miles of walking and the disease and watching your child take its last breath in your hand. I'm not saying that what you're going through is not important. And I'm not saying that what you're going through, God doesn't care about. 
But can you, can you walk with me in this process that God has given us the measure of faith? And whatever that temptation, that trial, that struggle is that we're going through, God will make a way of escape because God doesn't build a room without a door. He's not going to put you in a situation or a circumstance that doesn't have a way out. And your way out is by faith. What we have a difficult adjusting to is we say, okay, God, I'm going through this. I'm going to put my faith in you. And I'm just really believing for you that in seven days. No, that we leave that to Kevin Lehman. Seven days, something new is going to happen. God's divine calendar is not divided by years or months or weeks or days. But where you and I can stand fast, whether it's for our college bill, whether it's for finding an apartment, whether it's for finding a job, whether it's for waiting for the doctors to come with a cure, our whole outlook can be based on this that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that God is faithful. See, that transcends gender, that transcends generations, that includes every one of us. We know that God will be faithful. Now, I want to kind of walk you through a couple of things. In fact, in just a moment, um, I have another question for you. But when we come through this concept of faith in God and understand that the temptations that come our way, people walk through them just like we have. We understand that there is a common dilemma and there's a common power. Now, let's, let's transition. You've got this in mind. We all have the measure of faith. No matter what we've been going through, somebody else has been through it. Let me take you to a story in Mark chapter 10. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of the verses to you, but let me, let me paraphrase it. Jesus was leaving Jericho, and he was going to Jerusalem. He's going to his death. The crowd had gathered. They were following him. And Jericho, there was a new Jericho and an old Jericho, and he's, he's going out of the city. And along the roadside was a blind man. Blind faith. His name was Bartimaeus. The interesting thing about him was that he was named. In most of the healings or the miracles that Jesus did, we only know them as the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, the ten lepers. But in Mark chapter 10, we have this guy, and he is named Bartimaeus. He's the son of Timaeus, probably blind from birth. 
And if you understand what is taking place here, this man has been sitting alongside the road. Every morning, somebody would take him out here, guide him to the place on the road, and set him down. And every morning, from sunup to sundown, he's saying, have mercy on the blind. Have mercy on the blind. Have mercy on the blind. Help a blind man. Help a blind man. But you see, because you can't see, you ask a lot of questions. And so he heard this noise coming down the road. He said, what's going on? And the people said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Well, I'm sure in, his, in the backstory, he has heard of this Jesus of Nazareth, how he had healed the sick, he had raised the dead, he had fed the 5,000 turned water into wine, healed the eyes of the blind. And Bartimaeus is sitting there, and word got out. And there's about five different sermons in these six verses. But somebody told him, somebody told him that Jesus was coming by. When's the last time you've told somebody that Jesus is passing by? So here comes the crowd, and they they're, they're get up to where he's at, and Bartimaeus is listening, and, and the word says, and he cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, when he said son of David, he was affirming the Messiahship of Jesus. He recognized him as the Messiah. But, of course, the crowds were going, and they're too busy to mess with this blind guy. And, and here they go, and, they're, and, and they turn and say, shut up, Sh shut up, shut up. This Jesus is on him, shut up. And instead of shutting up, he says, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops, and he turns. And he says, bring him here. Bring him here. Now, you see what's happening? The crowd runs over and says, get up, get up, get up. Jesus wants to see you. In just a short moment, they went from shut up to cheer up. <laughs> because Jesus said. So blind Bartimaeus gets up. And he walks to Jesus. And Jesus asked the most obvious question. He turns to him and says, what would you have me do? Isn't it obvious? And Bartimaeus said that I would receive my sight. And this was before we had the choirs and anointing oil, intercessory prayers, before we had special miracle services. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And the story of blind Bartimaeus, it says he took his coat and he threw it off of him. And he began, and this is key, because so many times in our walk with God, we've asked God to heal us. We have asked God to meet a need. We have asked God to provide an answer. And the minute that he does, we go right back to our selfish way of living. But it says when Bartimaeus could see, he threw off his coat and he began to follow Jesus. Now, here is the symbolism of that. When he took his coat off, 
he says, my past is gone. And I don't need it anymore because Jesus is about to change me. Isn't that exciting that we can throw away our past, that we can take those things in our past and lay them aside, lay them down, throw them out of the way because Jesus is about to change us as we put our faith in him. That's exciting. So my question for you this morning is this. Are you willing to cry out? Are you willing to cry out? Because here's what I found with human nature. We do not cry out against the things we accept. We can't see tomorrow. We can't see the answer. We don't know what we're going to do about our situation. And here we are, sitting by the roadside. Have pity on the blind man. Have pity on the blind man. Because you see, when you're blind, you have to depend on other people for everything you get. When you're blind, you have to depend on somebody else to meet your need. So you sit in life and you rattle your cup and you say, have pity. And here's the thing. Have you ever found yourself in a dark place really believing for faith? And sometimes you feel like that you're buried. Let me give this to you. You may not be buried. You actually could be planted. God has planted you there. God has put you there. Let's watch on the screen and see what happens. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. What? Jesus! Oh, Jesus, <laughs> son of David, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see you again. Then see. Your faith has made you well. I can see. I can see. I can see.
Give God praise. Give Him praise. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, the saved a wretch like me and you. We once was lost, but now we're found. We're blind, but now we see. The story of Bartimaeus is a transition story that took Jesus from his years of ministering to the suffering and to the poor and to walking into Jerusalem and to be accused and experience his crucifixion. When Bartimaeus came to Jesus, Jesus asked him what he wanted, and he really cut right to the chase because he said, I, I don't want a position. We'll let James and John fight over that. I don't want to have any kind of legalistic questions. We'll let the Pharisees take care of that. I'm, I don't want recognition. We'll leave that to the rich young ruler. The only thing that Bartimaeus was wanting was just to see. He wasn't trying to impress anybody. You see, God may not always knock on your door, but he will pass by your house. And I've said that, and, and I know that, that, that when, I, when I pointed out Adam's kids here, I know, understand they're young and, and they're going to grow into this, and right now they don't, right now it's maybe not as much faith as it is mom and dad are going to take care of me. Mom and dad's going to provide. But we come to a place in our life when it's only God. Only God. Because you may be in a place where, where whoever you're trying to text or whoever you're trying to call is not available. And, and you can't get somebody there fast enough. And what do you do with all of that? I really believe, my friend, that God has given us this message to help us to understand that we all have faith. It just depends on how much we use it. And there's nothing that we're going through that someone else hasn't been willing to go through or has gone through before. And are we desperate enough to cry out? Are we desperate enough to cry out? Because God is faithful. I'm going to ask our elders to come this morning and stand here in front. And as they come, I'm going to ask those of you, maybe you need a physical uh, touch in your body today. Maybe you need a relational uh, healing in your body today. Or maybe you want to come and ask, will you help me? Will you help me pray that my faith will increase? So I'm going to ask the elders to come. Those who are, are prepared to pray for uh, those, would you just come and stand here in the front for us? And, and, and then we're going to, as we uh, just begin to pray, and if you have to leave, you certainly can do that, but, but we want you to know that this is a very, very special time. Maybe you're sitting there this morning. Don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't say, well, Pastor Don, if I come up, I'm going to admit I, I, I didn't have much faith. Get, get over that. If you're coming for healing, coming for salvation, coming for your faith to increase, 
These folk here want to anoint you and pray with you today and to really believe and to trust God. So would you stand with me this morning? And as we pray, I would just like to ask you to step out and and come for whatever need that you have. Take as long as you want, spend as much time as you need. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness and for your love. We thank you today that you have given us a message that, that applies to everyone in this room this morning. And, God, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are faithful. So for those of us here today, perhaps that we have been spiritually blind because by nature we are blind and we are poor. But I pray that your Holy Spirit has not only brought illumination but divine revelation to our hearts today. And may it be something that will just help us to grow in you. And we give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.